Welcome to the Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me uh, Dr. Lalit Johri from uh, Oxford today, and along with uh, us is JR, uh, James Klein from Ohio, to discuss the most pressing subject of the modern times leadership in 21st century. Dr. Lalit Johri. Uh, is a senior fellow in international business at Said Business School and director of Oxford Advanced Management and Leadership Program. His areas of expertise include strategy and leadership in international businesses, alliances including public-private partnerships, public policy and institutional reforms and emerging markets. Lalit is a member of the International Editorial Board for the International Journal of Emerging Markets and of the Academy of Management. He has also served as Vice President Australasia of the Production and Operations Society, the Director and Member of the International Board of Building Partnerships for Development, and a member of the Editorial Board of POMS Chronicle. He is Member, Distinguished Advisory Board, Journal of Asian Business Studies. Lalit holds an MSc in Physics, an MBA, and a PhD in Business Policy and Strategic Management. While our other guest, uh, Mr. James Klein Jr., is the principal of JR Global LLC, a consulting firm dedicated to facilitating global transformation through local initiatives that strengthen markets by addressing barriers to access by local residents. His focus is to facilitate systemic changes in the area of water, energy, education, and health. He also serves as the CEO Emeritus of Finance Fund, which is an Ohio, USA, statewide social impact community development financial institution that moves public and private capital into low-income communities to improve the quality of life for people. He specializes in revival of local communities by centering on visionary leadership, attractive business climates, strengthening the workforce, and public-private collaboration. JR's expertise in organizational management and leadership, strategic planning, cultural integration, and performance and measurement is recognized worldwide. JR. Thank you, Mahesh. Hi, JR. Lovely to be back on this program again. It's uh, great. Uh, uh, what an honor. Thank you, uh, Mahesh, for the invitation. And it is good to have uh, time to sit down and think again with my good friend Lalit. Wonderful. So today's subject is leadership, especially in 21st century. I know normally we remain focused in this program on, on leadership in business, but it's such a vast subject. So we'll keep it open for any kind of leadership, including the political leadership and any other sphere of impact of leadership. Yeah, we know that leadership is taking a new shape in uh, what we call hyper-dynamic 21st century. Now, the question is, has it become too multidimensional? Will it be inclusive, collaborative, and service to individuals? That too for good of the society and the environment. Will it be more focused on relationships than being directive in its approach. Looks like the top-down hierarchical leaders will need to change their approach. Leaders may not be able to delegate the responsibilities for communication, creating diversity, and drive innovation. Uh, rather, leaders will be required to break down the walls and create open communication. 21st century has social media in full bloom and people want to be engaged in two-way open communication. The leaders 
only to respect people and allow creation of communities where they take over the role of facilitator instead of being its head. Uh, as we all see, the environment is changing at a tremendous pace in 21st century. There are new type of customers, employees, new business models, new sources of value creation, new expectation from people in general. Now, uh, I want to trigger the discussion today with the question, how do you see the role of leadership in a rapidly changing environment where organizations need to be in a change mode all the time? <clears throat> Thank you, Mahesh, for your introductory comments. I uh, completely agree with you that this is the time when leaders must be open to ideas from different audiences in different uh, parts of the world. But just to reflect a little bit on the role of the leaders, let me um, put together some ideas which I think are going to shape uh, the role as well as the impact of the leaders in 21st century. There are three very interesting trends uh, which I would regard as the great influencers as far as uh, life on this planet is concerned. The first one, as we all know, is the people. The scope and the depth of the human intelligence has been uh, enhancing because of various scientific innovations and developments in the last 250 years. As human beings individually or collectively we are able to address very complex problems and we are able to solve the problems. So that gives me a sense of optimism and a sense of very progressive evolutionary uh, feeling about the 21st century. The second big driver of the 21st century is um, the globalization. And globalization to me means people coming from different parts of the world and exchanging various aspects of the modern economy as well as uh, social life. So there is a lot of education going on. There is a lot of uh, advantage being um, derived from the diversity that we find inside the organization as well as in the societies. And the third very important um, driver or the influencer of the, the role and the effectiveness of the leader is the impact that the technology is making on, on uh, human life. Uh, as well as the functioning of the organization. So let's put these three elements, the human intelligence, the globalization, and the technology in sort of a one box. And now put another three elements which seem to be characterizing the 21st century societies. Now one big thing that I, when I travel across the world, I see is that there has been uh, an increase in inequalities. In um, many cities around the world, uh, you walk through some of the posh areas of the city and you walk about a mile and suddenly you will see slums. So you see that there is a lot of economic disparity which is uh, happening because of various other reasons. Secondly, I also understand that some of the scientific solutions that we had found in the field of infections and uh, um, lifestyle diseases are not very effective anymore. You often get to hear that uh, the antibiotics have not been very effective in many uh, cases. So. Uh, there is a danger of uh, pandemic and this is also going to be facilitated by the fact that many more millions are traveling across the world these days. So there is the 
first aspect which i call is the inequality the second aspect is the the quality of life and the vulnerabilities associated with it in terms of diseases and the third thing is uh, when i talk to the leaders in the field of education they often tell me that uh, school education is in is in a state of crisis very few countries have managed to uh, resolve uh, the best way to educate the next generation of Uh, citizens so for me education is also another big challenge that all the leaders are going to face so let's put together these six uh, influencers three are more positive and three are in the form of challenges that i think the leaders have to address in the 21st century perfect yeah i am um I, I i i i hear those uh, those six things and uh i i agree completely yeah, that uh, on a global scale those are uh those are uh, very uh, salient points and uh i began to think then about how how leaders uh, you know what the role of leaders is in in this kind of a I would almost a tectonic world we have these things that we're talking about here are 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 big changes and they're not the first big changes the world has seen but they're things that we that uh, that when we look at them we have to pay attention to so for me I I need to really stop for a minute and think about uh uh leadership as as a character as a quality uh of of number 1 that you that you gave elite that whole idea of of human intelligence you know, you know in my definition leadership is is uh, really fairly simple it's a leader is basically capture the, uh, the the interest the passion or the acquiescence of people and and send behavior that 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 goes along with what their agenda is uh you know we've had we've had uh discussions uh before about uh good leaders or bad leaders and and uh what uh, what really drives that determination is more our uh, uh our morality or ideology or theology or or uh, whatever our individual frame of reference is uh you can have people that have good leadership skills that may not be considered as good leaders because uh their the place that they were at uh and the characteristics that they exhibited uh were 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 probably not fitted to the time mm-hmm. a couple examples that i would have is uh hey look at george washington you know in 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 american history george washington is all, almost sainted uh, although when you look at him his leadership styles were really uh, never that good but the place that he was at and the time that he was at uh made his perception such that he is considered a good leader uh you could take somebody like uh, I'll go to the other end uh, uh adolf hitler as an example you know he had some pretty dramatic leadership skills uh, mm-hmm. uh they were they were unfortunately driven by a, driven by a very variant ideology that we quite frankly in the world of have not yet sort of have not yet recovered from but the time that he was because of the time that he was at uh we have a tendency to um uh, define him as uh, as a, a bad leader you know and and as far as in my definitions go in my opinion so leadership really at its core uh must be judged based upon uh the the performance that it incents 
uh, or that it incentivizes and the products that it produces. So inside of, inside of these, uh, these little tenets, uh, uh, Lalit, that you have, that you have given us, um, uh, my discussion here really sort of needs to focus on uh, the types of skills uh, that result in mutually accepted uh, outcomes driven by uh, effective, efficient, and civil process. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to break your chain of thoughts, but we have to take a quick break, and we'll continue after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me uh, Dr. Lalit Jory from Oxford and uh, JR from Ohio to discuss the most pressing subject of modern times, leadership in 21st century. JR, uh, I interrupted you when you're talking about the leadership. Uh, please uh, uh, continue. Okay, so, so uh, we ended up uh, uh, before the break uh, really talking about context of leadership and how uh, uh, the, the place and the time and the situation uh, really has a lot to do with uh, how leadership, how effective leadership is. Uh, and, but beyond that, I, I do believe that there are some basic characteristics uh, that, that really build the, the, the effective leader. Uh, and, and so I, I, I'm going to name... I'm going to name some of them here, and I think I'll probably uh, get you to about three of them. The first one, the, the first one is uh, uh, effective leaders' uh, characters are are, uh, are creative and inclusive. Um, uh, effective leaders continually are looking at ways of getting things done. They're constantly inquisitive. Uh, they they're always they're they're flexible they're always looking to to learn things and, and beyond that to unlearn things and to relearn things there's a basic flexibility of their character that that uh, allows them to to move forward uh, in in that frame uh, they they have a tendency to Think more about the what if rather than the no way, the, the, the how to rather than uh, better not. They understand, they understand that none of us are better than any of us and none of us are as smart as all of us. Now, they, they, really, they really see value in thinking together. They, they build, they, they have a Tendency to build inclusive cultures that that uh, do some of the very basic tenets of leadership. They set they uh, they set uh, expectations and goals uh, that are clear. Uh, 
and, and uh, realistic. They encourage independent thinking. They, uh, very importantly, I believe, they allow people to fail and, and basically use failure as a, as a learning tool. Uh, these leaders maintain structures that foster trust between all levels of, of an organization. Uh, they establish clear and present parameters. I call it a sort of a cultural envelope uh, that that uh, has flexibility and inclusivity. They always they're always looking for higher performance. They strive for it. They understand that respectful dialogue, driven by critical thinking, is a primary driver of high performance. Number two. They're all always driven to deliver. Um, they always want to know just a little bit more, look for something just a little bit better in their performance. Uh, they're always looking at the data, and they're willing to make decisions based upon the best information they have. They really they understand that there's no perfect strategy. There are just a lot of strategies that are good enough, and they're not afraid to change. The third one, believe I believe, is is very critical to leaders in again in the context of our global uh, 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 community. They have to visibly behave as a trusted citizen. Well. Uh, what I mean by that is that they they have to understand how trust works. They have to understand that someone is always watching them, whether they're at work or in the car or in the meeting or at home or doing uh, things uh, in the in the social world. They understand that their word is is their bond. They never make assumptions without information. They never accept assumptions that are divergent from what is known and that are not supported by data. They never under, they never take anything personally, always seeking what the agenda driver is. Uh, and they always do their best on the information available and are not afraid to change course in light of new information. So those, those three things, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the creative and inclusive nature of effective leaders, their, their drive to deliver, and their, their trusted behavior, I think, is a critical element of anybody in pretty much any context to really become a transformational leader or uh, an inclusive leader, like uh, I, I might uh, suggest. I completely agree with you, uh, GR, um, that uh, leaders have to be more inclusive. They have to address the real issues. Uh, in terms of uh, your brilliant exposition on what it takes to be an effective leader, I'll just add one uh, point, and that is about uh, uh, does the leader have a purpose which serves the interest of the society as well as the organization that they represent. Because what we have uh, found in research is that uh, there have been uh, leaders who have been um, pursuing agendas which often work against the interest of the society. And a huge mass of uh, some of the problems that we have we are facing in the context of the world today that I mentioned earlier is the result of uh, not just the poor performance of our political leaders but also the fact that uh, some of our corporate leaders 
uh, have been uh, pursuing rather irresponsible choices. As a result, they have added to the to the challenges that the human society is facing today. And I would particularly like to um, mention the fact that uh, some of the corporate uh, choices have not necessarily worked in the interest of the uh, environment that we live in. As a result of that, uh, we have a huge mass of issues. Of course, there is a lot of agreement or disagreement whether the climate change uh, that we are all experiencing in uh, our own context is a result of uh, a man-made crisis or is it a natural cycle. Whatever it is, the fact of the matter is that we need to address these issues. And the only way to address these issues is to make choices which are going to serve the common purpose, the purpose of the society as a whole, the purpose of the organization, the purpose for which the employees come and work for the organization. And that, according to me, is the key to success, uh, key to what you call as the leadership effectiveness in the 21st century. And, and that, uh, I, I'm, no, go ahead, Mahesh. Go ahead, go ahead, yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you uh, 120%. Uh, you know, we see a lot of issues uh, in, in our world uh, that are a result of not having that sort of inclusive nature in the character of leaders. You know, we not only see, uh, we not only see uh, climate issues, but we see uh, issues of inequalities in wealth, uh, we see inequalities in, uh, uh, in uh, political uh, environments, we see inequalities in health, we see inequalities in different uh, levels of uh, socioeconomic levels of society based upon access, which, which is a result of the very thing, I believe, the very thing that you're talking about. The idea that uh, leaders leaders need to have something other than a myopic view of of their world. So uh, so you know, you know we've 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 uh, uh, we've heard a lot about this. Uh, Mahesh even had a number of episodes that. Uh, uh, we're on your show about the idea of inclusive capitalism. Well, inclusive capitalism is one of those brilliant little words that uh, that that only is meant to sort of set you off on uh, an episode of thought uh, where it is reasonable and supportive, as uh, Lalit, you have said by the research that you've seen, uh, is that there is more to doing business than just increasing shareholder value. So, uh, so successful leadership character thinks beyond that. It has it has a sort of a social eye, uh, in addition to uh, a business eye. And some of us, some of us might argue uh, that. They both are should be pretty much the same thing, and that leadership needs to be thinking and seeing in all directions at the same time, and sort of seeing in four dimensions. And it's it's uh, uh, it's an interesting set of discussions that we can maybe get to uh, uh, later. Yeah, sure, and that's th those are brilliant points. <clears throat> and uh, imagine the leadership has to develop all this in an environment which is changing at a pace <clears throat> which is never seen before. Uh, we will uh, take a short break at this stage, and we'll continue our discussion after the break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We are having a very interesting discussion about leadership in 21st century with Dr. Lalit Jauri and JR. Now, Lalit uh, uh, and JR, very interesting discussions in earlier segments. So what I get is that leaders are required to create optimum performance in any given environment, whatever it is, whether it's changing, constant, so, uh, in particular, in the current and evolving environment, uh, let's see what's happening and how should how should the leadership look at it. The wealthy are becoming wealthier. That's what I heard in last uh, segment, which is inequality. People are experiencing a decline in wealth and lifestyle, uh, definitely, which is causing issue of inequality. Uh, the is- other issues are terrorism climate change. These are also now coming to the forefront. And then there is a decline in trust in corporate and political leaders. There is a decline in organizational power. How do you think the leaders need to cope with these issues around them and still perform? Fundamentally, all the points that you have mentioned can be traced back to the breakdown of trust. Okay. What we have uh, done in the world of uh, politics, in the world of media, in the world of uh, corporate institutions, corporate leadership, somehow we lost the direction and we managed to alienate the society from uh, whatever we have been pursuing in the context of the society. As a result of that, the society, the members of the society don't trust the institutions. They don't trust the agendas of the institutions and they don't trust the leaders. So fundamentally, the big challenge in relation to the points that you have mentioned, the big challenge in 21st century is how to restore the the framework of trust, which then becomes the basis for solving the problems uh, that we uh, are facing in the 21st century society. I've heard a lot of my uh, friends and colleagues in Oxford say that technology can resolve many problems that we are facing. For me, technology can at best serve as a tool. You still need very robust, very enlightened form of leadership. People who can think uh, with a sense of uh, responsibility and use the technology to solve some of the problems. But at the very basic level, there are three things that we need to have. First of all, we need an institutional framework in which the citizens, the governmental institutions, the private institutions, the social organizations, the non-governmental organizations come and cooperate with each other and develop solutions which can be uh, independently or jointly delivered by various kind of institutions who are coming to work together. And this is not a theoretical proposition. I see it happening in many different parts of the world. Secondly, 
to lead this kind of cooperation we need leaders who can ask the right kind of questions let us uh, i mean jia earlier pointed out that the leaders must unlearn and relearn so the leaders must have this sense of <clears throat> belief that what they have learned in the past may not be applicable in the contemporary context or from the point of view of resolving the problems in the future so they should be willing to work with different constituencies talk to the to the various segments of the society and try to understand with what is the true nature of the problem that the society is facing and then decide that what might be the best way forward in order to resolve these problems the third thing that we need is that they should make choices which will restore the trust of the society in the institutions as well as in the leaders so an institutional framework of cooperation responsible leaders and responsible leadership and an attempt to restore the trust this according to me provides uh, one of the frameworks which will enable the leaders to be more effective in the 21st century uh, i th- that's a, a great a great frame uh, around trust you know my my little buzzword is that uh, trust makes the world go round uh and uh, it, we 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 think about the the issues that um, Mahesh you talked about at the beginning where you have declining lifestyles and uh, issues of uh, of inequality and uh, uh we've got climate change we've got uh, uh the wealthy becoming wealthier and uh, it, it is it is uh, to me a very interesting uh that to to take a look at how how we got to the place that we were at it's it's in the frame that lalit gives us uh we really have to spend some time i believe examining how what what's been the erosion of leadership that got us to to where we are because i think we can learn from that uh sort of the basic elements that we need to get back into leadership thinking so that we just don't begin to go around the mountain uh one more time i and and i i agree elite uh, uh, again uh, with your framework i i i may if if i if you would give me uh the opportunity to, to like to just take a look at sort of the legacy of decay in leadership that has brought us to these particular issues is is that all right mahesh yes uh, okay all right um my uh, i i i want to i want to just focus on one of them i'm going to choose uh, income and wealth equality because that that's a big thing uh, around the world and again uh it's uh, it's built uh, upon uh, a, a a historic shift uh around the way leaders have performed and again my thinking is uh, uh on this issue uh, needs to begin with the foundational understanding of of uh of what has happened and then apply some some critical thinking some inclusive thinking on analysis uh, again my my hypothesis is that around the issue of income and wealth i'm going to speak specifically about uh uh the united states uh i have uh, that's my primary frame of reference i have a modest understanding about the same thing and other uh global drivers around the world but my hypothesis uh, in in the us is that public policy 
and statutory manipulation are really the significant elements that have driven the redistribution, the, yeah, the, the redistribution of, of uh, wealth-building assets in the U.S. And I'm going to just run through this very quickly. Uh, you know, it, uh, in, uh, in, in 1929, the United States had a great uh, crash, a financial market crash, and it was a consequential uh, depression uh, that came after that. Uh, in wake of that, there were financial laws and regulations that were instituted uh, because of what had happened. And in today's environment, those, those uh, parameters have pretty much been abandoned. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, those, those financial uh, uh, laws and regulations uh, have been abandoned, really allowing uh, large Wall Street banks and uh, to acquire unprecedented influence in the economy. Um, uh, just as an example, uh, restrictions on interstate banking or on the intermingling of investments and commercial banking and uh, the bank becoming uh, publicly held corporations uh, you know, uh, have have spawned uh, the uh, the whole junk bond market and uh, unfriendly takeovers, uh, private equity uh, and and uh, activist investing. You've had you've had uh, a change in bankruptcy laws that have allowed. Um, uh, uh, large corporations uh, to sort of revoke um, uh, labor contracts and uh, uh, demand concessions uh, uh, from labor based upon uh, their threat of closure. Mm -hmm. uh, those bankruptcy provisions have not been have not been uh, extended to, to homeowners or or. Uh, or small businesses, or you know, in the U.S., uh, uh, graduates, uh, students uh, that have graduated, there, uh, uh, those bankruptcy concessions have not been extended to that mountain of debt that they have. Contract laws have been altered, uh, where there is now uh, moving into arbitration uh, uh, with judges that are selected by the corporations. Security laws. Have been uh, relaxed. So we get things, we get examples of CEOs that use uh, stock buybacks to boost share prices, and then cash in their own portfolio, and mm -hmm. loopholes in the in in the, the tax code that have allowed that have allowed uh, uh, basically uh, the uh, rich to get richer uh, in intellectual property. Rights, patents, and trademarks have been extended on, on, and on, and on it goes. This transformation has amounted to a redistribution upward, as but not as as redistribution is normally defined. The government didn't tax the middle class or the poor and transfer a portion of their income to the rich. Uh, the public sector government basically undertook the upward redistribution by altering the rules of the game. That and so, true. I uh, think, Jared, you bring in a great point. Again, I don't want to break your chain of thoughts, but uh, we have to take a short break and we'll continue on this subject with you. America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We are having a very interesting discussion about leadership in 21st century with Dr. Lalit Jauri and JR. Now, Lalit uh, uh, and JR, very interesting discussions in earlier segments. So what I get is that leaders are required to create optimum performance in any given environment, whatever it is, whether it's changing, constant, so, uh, in particular, in the current and evolving environment, uh, let's see what's happening and how should how should the leadership look at it. The wealthy are becoming wealthier. That's what I heard in last uh, segment, which is inequality. People are experiencing a decline in wealth and lifestyle, uh, definitely, which is causing issue of inequality. Uh, the is- other issues are terrorism climate change. These are also now coming to the forefront. And then there is a decline in trust in corporate and political leaders. There is a decline in organizational power. How do you think the leaders need to cope with these issues around them and still perform? Fundamentally, all the points that you have mentioned can be traced back to the breakdown of trust. What we have uh, done in the world of uh, politics, in the world of media, in the world of uh, corporate institutions, corporate leadership, somehow we uh, lost the direction and we managed to alienate the society from Uh, whatever we have been pursuing in the context of the society. As a result of that, the society, the members of the society don't trust the institutions. They don't trust the agendas of the institutions and they don't trust the leaders. So fundamentally, the big challenge in relation to the points that you have mentioned The big challenge in 21st century is how to restore the the framework of trust, which then becomes the basis for solving the problems uh, that we uh, are facing in the 21st century society. I've heard a lot of my uh, friends and colleagues in Oxford say that technology can resolve many problems that we are facing. For me, technology can at best serve as a tool. You still need very robust, very enlightened form of leadership. People who can think uh, with a sense of uh, responsibility and use the technology to solve some of the problems. But at the very basic level, there are three things that we need to have. First of all, We need an institutional framework in which the citizens, the governmental institutions, the private institutions, the social organizations, the non-governmental organizations come and cooperate with each other and develop solutions which can be uh, independently or jointly delivered by various kind of institutions who are coming to work together. And this is not a theoretical proposition. I see it happening in many different parts of the world. Secondly, to lead this kind of cooperation, we need leaders who can ask the right kind of questions. 
let us, uh, I mean, Jihad earlier pointed out that the leaders must unlearn and relearn. So the leaders must have this sense of <clears throat> belief that what they have learned in the past may not be applicable in the contemporary context or from the point of view of resolving the problems in the future. So they should be willing to work with different constituencies, talk to the to the various segments of the society and try to understand what is the true nature of the problem that the society is facing. And then decide that what might be the best way forward in order to resolve these problems. The third thing that we need is that they should make choices which will restore the trust of the society in the institutions as well as in the leaders. So an institutional framework of cooperation, responsible leaders and responsible leadership, and an attempt to restore the trust. This, according to me, provides uh, one of the frameworks which will enable the leaders to be more effective in the 21st century. Uh, I, that's a, a great, a great frame uh, around trust. You know, my my little buzzword is that uh, trust makes the world go round. Uh, and uh, it, we 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 think about the the issues that uh, Mahesh you talked about at the beginning, where you have declining lifestyles and uh, issues of uh, of inequality, and uh, uh, we've got climate change, we've got uh, uh, the wealthy becoming wealthier, and uh, it, it is it is uh, to me a very interesting uh, that to, to take a look at how, how we got to the place that we were at. It's, it's in the frame that Lalit gives us. Uh, we really have to spend some time, I believe, examining how what, what's been the erosion of leadership that got us to, to where we are because I think we can learn from that uh, sort of the basic elements that we need to get back into leadership thinking so that we just don't begin to go around the mountain uh, one more time. I, and and I, I agree, Lalit, uh, uh, again, uh, with your framework. I, I I may, if if I if you would give me uh, the opportunity to, to like to just take a look at sort of the legacy of decay in leadership that has brought us to these particular issues. Is is that all right, Mahesh? Yes. Uh, okay. All right. Um, my uh, I I want to I want to just focus on one of them. I'm going to choose. Uh, income and wealth equality, because that's that's a big thing uh, around the world. And again, uh, it's uh, it's built uh, upon uh, a, a, a historic shift uh, around the way leaders have performed. And again, my thinking is uh, uh, on this issue. Uh, it needs to begin with the foundational understanding of of, uh, of what has happened, and then apply some some critical thinking, some inclusive thinking on, on analysis. Uh, again, my my hypothesis is that around the issue of income and wealth, I'm going to speak specifically about uh, uh, the United States. Uh, I have, uh, that's my primary frame of reference. I have a modest understanding about the same thing and other uh, global drivers around the world. But my hypothesis in, in the U.S. is that public policy and statutory manipulation are really the significant elements that have driven the redistribution, the redistribution, 
yeah, the, the redistribution of, of uh, wealth-building assets in the U.S. And I'm going to just run through this very quickly. Uh, you know, it, uh, in, uh, in, in 1929, the United States had a great uh, crash, a financial market crash, and it was a consequential uh, depression uh, that came after that. Uh, in wake of that, there were financial laws and regulations that were instituted uh, because of what had happened. And in today's environment, those, those uh, parameters have pretty much been abandoned. Mm -hmm. uh, those, those financial uh, laws and regulations uh, have been abandoned, really allowing uh, large Wall Street banks and uh, to acquire unprecedented influence in the economy. Uh, uh, just as an example, uh, restrictions on interstate banking or on the intermingling of investments and commercial banking and uh, the bank becoming uh, publicly held corporations uh, you know, uh, have have spawned uh, the uh, the whole junk bond market and uh, unfriendly takeovers, uh, private equity uh, and and uh, activist investing. You've had you've had uh, a change in bankruptcy laws that have allowed. Um, uh, uh, large corporations uh, to sort of revoke um, uh, labor contracts and uh, uh, demand concessions uh, uh, from labor based upon uh, their threat of closure. Mm -hmm. uh, those bankruptcy provisions have not been have not been uh, extended to, to homeowners or or. Uh, or small businesses, or you know, in the U.S., uh, uh, graduates, uh, students uh, that have graduated, there, there, uh, uh, there, uh, those bankruptcy concessions have not been extended to that mountain of debt that they have. Contract laws have been altered, uh, where there is now uh, moving into arbitration uh, uh, with judges that are selected by the corporations. Security laws. Have been uh, relaxed. So we get things, we get examples of CEOs that use uh, stock buybacks to boost share prices, and then cash in their own portfolio, and mm -hmm. loopholes in the in in the, the tax code that have allowed that have allowed uh, uh, basically uh, the rich to get richer uh, in intellectual property. Rights, patents, and trademarks have been extended on, on, and on, and on it goes. This transformation has amounted to a redistribution upward, as, but not as as redistribution is normally defined. The government didn't tax the middle class or the poor and transfer a portion of their income to the rich. Uh, the public sector, government, basically undertook the upward redistribution by altering the rules of the game. That and so true. I uh, think, Jared, you bring in a great point. Again, I don't want to break your chain of thoughts, but uh, we have to take a short break and we'll continue on this subject with you.